0: mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The theme for the second Sunday of Advent is Christ's second coming, that is, his return for judgment. Now, it may seem a little strange to think about Christ's second coming as we prepare to celebrate his birth, which occurred at his first coming. However, in Christ's church, we are not yet celebrating his first coming, that is Christmas. But instead, in Christ's church, we are observing Advent. And in Advent, we consider all of the ways our Lord Jesus comes to us. We do observe that he came the first time in the flesh, and that he comes to us today through the word, through baptism, through the Lord's Supper, And in Advent, we observe that Jesus will come again on the last day to judge the living and the dead. This little season of Advent is an important season of preparation. For we are indeed preparing to celebrate, yet again, as we do every year, the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. As Christians, we make this preparation not through all of the ways that keep us busy in December, with buying gifts, writing cards, baking treats, decorating homes, and celebrating parties, but we prepare as we listen intently to the word of God, as we even consider our own sinfulness, and so we therefore plead guilty, we repent, and we prepare as we meet the Lord by going to his altar. Our Advent preparation also makes us ready to meet the Lord Jesus when he comes again in glory on the last day. In today's Gospel, Luke records a parable spoken by Jesus, teaching us to always be prepared. He says, look at the fig tree and all the trees. When you see them budding out, leafing out, you can see and you now know that summer is near. So also, Jesus says, when you see these things taking place, the things that he spoke of as recorded in the scriptures, then you know that the kingdom of God is near. What Jesus is doing is he's teaching us to know the signs. And then, having known them, we watch we look for the signs. And then as we observe those signs that we have seen, we heed the signs. That way you are fully prepared. And we do this in everyday life. And since we do this in everyday life, how much more should we be doing this when it comes to the matters of faith, especially recognizing that Jesus will come? So, in everyday life, you look for signs frequently, and you act accordingly. You have learned to read expressions on people's faces. And so, you look at a person's face, and you may determine if that person is sad, mad, or glad. And that will definitely affect how you interact with that person. You also see signs in everyday life, like when you go to the store. If you see Cadbury eggs on sale, you know that Easter is approaching. When you see pumpkins, it indicates that Halloween is near. When you see trees and lights, you know that Christmas is certainly coming. We don't need to look at a calendar to observe these things, but you know what the the signs are, and so you can see them, and and then you follow suit, heeding those signs. You may do your own decorating, or you may observe the holidays in whichever way you see fit. We also know the signs that are found in nature. So if a plant is wilting, it probably needs water. If it looks stressed and it has moist soil, then it may need fertilizer, or it may have been overwatered. As you look at the days and see them shortening and the fields turning brown, you know then that harvest is upon you. And you know that winter will soon be coming. And so you follow the signs by bringing out your jackets and your winter clothing. And when we see frost on the grass, we know it's cold outside, and so we dress up. When the snow crocus is blue and the daffodils emerge, we know that we're coming out of the winter thaw and spring is nigh. Or as Jesus points out, when the trees begin to bud, you know that summer is approaching. So there are many signs that you know, and when you know them, you then know what to watch for. And as you observe the signs taking place, you then heed them accordingly. The same thing is so when it comes to Christ and his coming. Know the signs, watch for the signs, and let God guide you through these signs. The signs concerning our Lord's return are many. Jesus said, There will be signs in sun and moon and stars, and on the earth distress of nations, in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. So the signs are there. There are going to, be a, and there's going to be changes and strange things that happen in the skies with the sun and the stars. You're going to see warring nations. You're also going to see changing seasons and callous hearts. All of these are signs that Jesus is returning. But as you probably have seen from history and also your own experience, these signs which Jesus describes are nothing new. They've been happening, really, since Jesus prophesied them. And that really is part of our Lord's point. Jesus never said that he was going to allow a few generations to pass by in which they may live and let live and do whatever pleases their sinful desires with the understanding that Jesus won't come while they're living. Jesus never said that for the first thousand or two years, people may have the freedom to abuse Christ's gifts and simply repent of their sins on their deathbed, and not have to be prepared for Jesus to suddenly appear. Instead, Jesus reports that he will come like a thief in the night, at a time when many do not expect. And so Jesus teaches us to watch, and to be ready, to know the signs, to watch for those signs, and to heed the signs. That way, that means we are to be continually prepared, continually watching, and to know that Jesus could come at any time. It might happen before this church service ends. It might be sometime today. It might be sometime before the year is over or next year. Or Jesus may return in thousands and thousands of years from now. We do not know, but he teaches us to watch and to be ready. The signs are out there telling us to be ready. Sometimes people, though, misread the signs. In the fall, I've sometimes noticed trees that are budding to the point that they look like they're ready to burst out into their leaves. I've seen daffodils sprout in midwinter. I've seen people look at a stressed house plant and give it more water, even though that is the last thing that it needed. I've seen people think that their plants need more sun, and then they place them out in full sun, inadvertently frying their tender leaves. When it comes to watching for the signs of Christ's return, some have felt that things are too peaceful now for Jesus to return. Others have figured, okay, he must be coming today. They conclude an exact time or even a place concerning Jesus' return. Quite piously, they believe Jesus is coming and want to know when that will be, and so they read the signs and they come to the wrong conclusions. We must not fall into these types of traps. We do not know the time or the place. We simply know that Jesus will return at the appointed time. He will do so like a thief. It will be unannounced and it will be sudden. While God wants us to be ready, he does not want us to attempt to pinpoint the timing and the location of his return. The signs are all in place and they serve a purpose. They're not intended to make us think of our Lord's return as some sort of distant future reality. Instead, God put them in place to make us ready now. When we notice the seasons change, we ought to be reminded that Jesus is coming. When we hear about eclipses or comets in the sky, it serves as a reminder to us that Jesus is coming when we hear about nations arming themselves to take over other countries, we then recall that Jesus has said that he is coming. All of these are intended to remind us that Jesus is coming and that we are to be ready. We just sang in our hymn for the Advent season, O Lord, How Shall I Meet You, in in the final verse, these words. He comes to judge the nations, a terror to his foes, a light of consolations, and blessed hope to those who love the Lord's appearing. O glorious Son, now come, send forth your beams so cheering, and guide us safely home. He gives us these signs so that we can be warned, but also so that we can be ready for him. You see, the signs that God gives us, that we can observe daily, not only ought to to drive us to repentance, but they also ought to drive us nearer to Christ and to cling firmly to our Savior, who truly loves us and is coming back for us. Recall the comforting, comforting words which our Savior spoke in today's gospel. Now, when these things begin to take place, look up and lift up your heads, because... Your redemption is drawing near. Your redemption is drawing near. Jesus is coming back for you. And when he returns, he's going to make you whole and complete. He's going to recreate the heavens and the earth so that everything will be good. And there will be no more tears, no more sorrow, no more sin. Now, I've mentioned a lot about signs today. And we're not talking about mere symbolism, but instead we are talking about reality. Now many people think that real life is found in their work or in their recreational time. They think that matters of faith are separate from reality. They look at Christianity as something for those who are either ready to depart from this life or for those who cannot handle living in what they figure is the real world. But that cannot be further from the truth. For God has created us, and he has created all things. He truly exists, just as we exist. And the word which he gives us is divine truth. There is nothing more relevant in our lives than the word of God and faith in Christ as worked by God the Holy Spirit. For God alone gives us strength to meet each day. He alone loves us unconditionally. He alone makes it possible for us to live through this life and meet him in the life to come. Because eternal matters are at stake, there is nothing more important in this life then feeding our souls and being ready for our Lord's return. My friends, this is as real as it gets. And just as real are these, the love of God toward us, the forgiveness of sins which Jesus earned for us sinners on the cross, the peace that we now have with God because we are now reconciled to our Father through the work of Christ, And the promise of eternal salvation. In fact, God even gives us signs so that we can be confident that we are truly recipients of these blessings from God. The first sign for most of you occurred when your parents brought you into the Lord's house when you were very little, and you were brought to the baptismal font, and you were baptized into Christ. At that font, your sins were drowned. You died to sin, and you rose to newness of life. you, You were united to Christ's death and to his resurrection. You were given the faith, which receives the forgiveness of sins, and with the forgiveness of sins, the promise of eternal life. And in the Lord's Supper, you see bread and wine. And as you come forward, you don't eat much or drink much, Yet Holy Communion remains a sign of God's boundless love toward you. For in the sacrament, He showers you with His love. He reminds you that Christ Jesus shed His innocent blood on your behalf on the cross. The sacrament reminds you that Jesus died for you and took away your many sins. It reminds you that there's no, no greater love than to give up one's life for His friends which is what Jesus certainly did for you. The sacrament reminds you that you are not a spiritual island unto yourself, but that you are members of a Christian community of the body of Christ. For you gather together side by side, united in doctrine, and knowing that you are brothers and sisters in Christ. That is how God would have it be. And these actions are signs that we are submitting to God's holy will as He graciously has His way with us. The sacrament itself is not some sort of symbolism or sign in the sense that when you come forward to eat the bread and drink the wine, you are truly eating the body of Christ and drinking the blood of Christ for the cancellation of all of your sin and guilt, for your forgiveness. These signs, the word and the sacraments, are genuine, they are powerful, they are meaningful, and they are real. We are therefore to know the signs, to watch for them and heed them. That way we can be confident that we belong to Christ, and when he comes, he will bring us with him into his eternal kingdom. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.